I loved the 1980s reference. I think we should clip that one, Cam, because that is, and, and even start the podcast with some retro, like some not retro. exactly stranger, stranger Things, but something along those lines. Can we do that? Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 53. 52. 52. Who do we have? Robin Crom. Chris O'Neill. Evan Butler. Michael Turksani. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We have brand new speakers and headphones. No, microphones and headphones. New year, new sound. We, we're investing heavily in remote podcasting so that our listeners, our millions of listeners a month can, can uh, enjoy the sounds of our voices instead of the sounds of our little AirPods and background noise. Awesome. Well, happy new year, because I think this is the first one of the new year. Correct me if I'm wrong. So good. Yes. Um, we want to talk about marketing strategy, because what a better time to talk about your marketing strategy than being a couple weeks behind the eight ball at the start of a new year, right? Which we're seeing a little bit of that right now in the marketing sphere. No, it's not uncommon to be in January wrapping up your strategy planning for the, the upcoming calendar year. But um, we wanted to zero in on, you know, hiring an agency for some level of support to your strategy. And, and I guess really the, the different types of, strategy engagements that we're, that we're currently undertaking. So um, I'm going to turn it over to our VP of strategy because that's your title. Well, I'm, I'm going to come to the defense before we jump into that. I'm going to come okay. to the defense of uh, marketers around the world, right? This isn't a normal January and I, I like, you know, the mm. whole abnormal, normal thing. It's just, but we've, the way that we ended 2020 with, it, it seems to, I mean, we've got a pretty good vantage point serving, I don't know, it's probably like 10 to a dozen unique industries mm. is that things were really slow throughout, let's just call it March through July, August. And then they really picked up in September following Labor Day. And that's pretty much across the board, Canada, US, and even parts of Europe that and we it, get exposed and it, and to. And it continued right through to yeah, now, it was basically. This, this mad crunch of let's get everything done before the holidays, which kind of led right up to what, like December 23rd. Um, and then and then, so now we enter January with that mad crunch of things, how much of it got done, most of it, but not all of it. So we still kind of have to get that or those deliverables completed. And you don't quite have a full year of 2020 in hindsight to say, how do we do on our performance to guide generally how aggressive you want to be in this new year. Yeah. So I think we're starting from a place of, we're kind of just picking up from where we left off at the end of December. And so it's a bit of a different January to start. So I, I could certainly, um, find a lot of room for, for reasons and excuses for why uh, mid-January one's marketing strategy isn't totally baked yet. So marketers, so, I think you have uh, an excuse this we're year. Giving you, we're giving you a couple weeks of a pass. Just okay. a couple weeks, no more, right? Yeah. Anybody else want to add to that before we get to the real topic? Well, I think, you know, even though we're a little bit later into January, I love January because it is a great uh, excuse to kind of, uh, take a pause, 
um, and look at a whole new 12 months ahead of you. So even though, you know, last year was crazy, you're not quite ready for the year ahead. It really is still the, the, the perfect time and it's not too late. And I think that's what's really important to, to remember. It's, it's never too late to focus on your strategy before you go ahead and get into the weeds. Okay. I see Chris, I see Chris nodding. So I'm, I'm assuming he's in agreement. Well said. All right. So yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's a good point. Um, why don't we talk about what over to you, Kev, in terms of the, the types of, let's just frame it up for everybody. What are the types of sort of strategy? What's the strategy spectrum look like right now? I'll, I'll list a few and then Robin, I might jump to you after, cause I think you've got a unique vision and sort of vantage point as well. I think the two most obvious, um, components of strategy would be the really broad, like what are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And we would call that either general marketing or sort of like the go-to market as a whole. And that's the highest level of painting in the what, how, and why. Um, so that's number one. Number two would certainly be what's the strategy behind the various tactics? Because there is a level of that too, right? Are we going to be doing a lot more email? Are we going to be gaining a lot higher lead gen results from specific tactics like, I don't know, LinkedIn or this publishing thing or, or whatever? So I think there's a level of that. And within those, there's got to be some, some careful thought and consideration around what's the message and, and what's the approach and who's the audience. So there is some of that too. And that kind of mixes in with mm -hmm. executional work of just getting the work uh, and tasks done. Um, those are the core two for me. Now, Robin, I know you've got some thoughts on other versions of strategy. So I'll kind of throw it over to you and say, what else is missing as we talk about the types of strategy? Yeah, I, I think you, you sort of get into, let's say, sub sub pillars or sub verticals and all of those so you know if you think about the first one you mentioned kev so these are the the, the sort of the big big picture and those are the ones that uh you know people sometimes shy away from because that's a lot of work that's a lot of introspective you might have a business that's been up and running for a couple of years and you might say well we already have our strategy in place but it's important to to take a step back and and uh you know reassess you know, or is does your strategy really work with your business? And so you could look at things like, um, you know, you sort of go back to your kind of, you know, classic uh, marketing, um, looking at your audience, right? So are you, does your strategy really align with the right audience? So is it the audience that you have right now, your current customers, or does it add an audience that you want to grow with? Does it align with your products, right? So are you actually delivering something to the market that there is a need or a desire for. Um, do you have, uh, you, know, you can look at your team, right? Do you have the right team in place to be able to execute on this strategy? Do you have, right, have all the right tools and tactics? So that can be the platform um, all the way down to, you know, uh, are you collecting the right data so that you can go ahead and build out your strategy? So there's a lot of different components um, uh, and different companies are going to be at different stages. So, you know, sorry to interrupt, actually, but that's a really that's a really cool distinction, an unrehearsed distinction, nonetheless, <laughs> is uh, on the strategy is, is it an extension of the current strategy or is it a new strategy altogether because we're pivoting, it doesn't work, there's a new opportunity, like whatever the case may be. I think it's a really interesting distinction. So great. Awesome. Little blip there. Um, so, but we're back. Everybody's okay. Uh, internet recovered. 
I'm going to throw this one to Chris in terms of strategy, because we see this a lot, obviously, you know, leadership teams come up and say, okay, our, our, you know, our strategy is to eight X or four X or whatever. Right. So, you know, maybe I'll just let Chris go for a bit here, you know, in terms of, you know, the overall growth strategy, you know, is that, is that, or is that what we're talking about? Is that enough of an actual strategy? Well, it sure sounds like a strategy, uh, like 2x, 3x, but uh, actually there needs to be, you know, considered going, uh, you know, going into, into a, a you know, a, a revenue target, for example. So, um, you know, obviously things have, have changed quite a bit. And like some of the obvious things that we're seeing right now, as a lot of B2B businesses maybe didn't re- realize how much they relied on trade shows and, and sort of face-to-face type of uh, environments to kind of get their, uh, you know, to get their their new lead opportunities identified. Um, but we're still, we're seeing a lot of, especially in the last six months, people going, listen, we need to figure out how to get that digital strategy sort of uh, in place and sort of, um, you know, making sense. Uh, what do we have to do in order to, to sort of get that up and running? So, um, so yeah, is a, a 2x, 3x, 4x, and I think Mike and I were on a call last week when the, the number was 7x. Um, it's like, is that, is that, you know, is that enough? And obviously the answer is no. You need to figure out, okay, is that, uh, you know, is that number reasonable? Uh, is your audience, like, do you know who your audience is? Can you even sort of get to, you know, do you realize the amount of exploring that you need to do to figure out what your audience is going to respond to? I agree, Chris. Like, strategy is a fancy word for how it's kind of like saying like mm-hmm. yeah like like 7x 8x uh, 100x that's not that doesn't answer anything it's a it's a goal it's a target it's a it's a big number and that's where you want to be but you've got to still put the pieces together underneath that to say these are the things the steps the reasons why we think this can happen it's kind of like i always equate it back to like a gym membership like if you say i want to get fitter okay, that's like the plan. That's like the goal. It's what you want to do. But it's like, well, what are the things you're going to do in order to get fitter? Is it diet? Is it more exercise? Is it doing these key um, exercises in order to help support some of this stuff? So there's got to be definition underneath. I think so. Great. You've got the first part, which is the growth goal. Now comes the answers of how will we accomplish that? Yeah. Well, if you think in any organization, if you put up on a virtual whiteboard, uh, 7x or even uh, 10 new customers or one new product launch, would your sales team actually know how to go ahead and achieve that? Um, and if they don't, that's not a strategy, right? That's your goal. That's your objective. And then you've got to do, you know, all the sort of the the, the legwork underneath and plan out and say, well, what do we need to put in place so that my team actually can figure out how to hit that number or reach that audience? And, and that's exactly as you said, Kev, it's, it, that's the strategy piece. It's the, how are we going to do it? Yeah, exactly. So it's a, that, that's, I know that that came up on, on a call recently. I think you, those were your words, Kev is like, you know, the, just having those sort of goals are one thing, but being able to turn that into a plan that, that is aligned to that sort of overall goal is essentially what you're seeing in strategy. So we're next part of this thing we want to talk about is like what we're seeing in terms of like the marketing landscape, because we, we tend to sort of attract kind of a range of, of, of marketing 
cap- capable organizations, right? So I guess that that's, if that's the right way to look at it, sort of mm-hmm. organizations that have a range of capabilities in marketing from really n- not a lot going on right now from a digital perspective or very little generally to very advanced, you know, large teams in the tech hyper growth side of the, of the, of the space. So, you know, why don't we break down a bit, you know, the spectrum that we're seeing in terms of, you know, what they need from us from strategy. And that was kind of where we were going to go at first, but that was some good dialogue. And I think it's only fitting that Kev, like, you know, leading that organization be the one to sort of tee us off here, but we are seeing predominantly two camps. So why don't you start with that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, there's a there's a cool visual I've got drawn out that sort of maps the two out. So on the, well, we'll just call it the lower sophistication, um, where there isn't as much going on. Um, it's certainly more conceptual around strategy. These are the kind of areas we think will support, and it's a mix of planning um, and process, as well as some tooling to support some of that. And then that kind of scales down with the maturity of an organization in their marketing department where, and then it comes back up into the different kinds of strategy, which is like how to maximize the tool sets and plans you've already got. And I think Robin had that great point earlier, which was, are you building a strategy um, around something that exists today or brand new from the start? And from the start, it's sort of an interesting one because it sort of reflects perhaps a pivot, like we said earlier, or even, no, no, we like what the current strategy we have, but there's other market opportunities, whatever they may be. And now sure. we need to figure out the steps and tactics around that as well and how we do that. But I find in the more, Mike, you put it, the, the hyper growth sort of mm-hmm. um, very forward thinking tech companies, it's not always tech. Like we actually have some financial, maybe borderline FinTech organizations that are really far ahead in this regard too. Um, where it's, we're really going in there and understanding how are you using the tools today? What are the gaps or opportunities where they could be even more effective to supporting some of those high level goals, Chris, those four X's or seven X's or whatever. Um, and sometimes we'll spend a whole hour meeting talking about ways we can improve an email deliverability tactic because it just means so much in terms of identifying engagement, the ability to book sales meetings, sales meetings to convert into meaningful opportunities and uh, deal flow, et cetera, right? So it really has that cascading effect, but those are sort of the two core areas of strategy. The the output and effort's the same. It's just the focus and where that goes. But I, I, I jump in there a little bit and then I'll let um, you guys, somebody else jump in. But the, so just to sort of clarify that, um, the these the types of, of, of clientele, I want to bring it back to that point you guys made earlier on, you know, the seven X isn't, isn't the plan, it's the goal. Right. And then the actual, how to get there is the strategy. And then you've got execution against that. And it needs to be good to your point earlier, like executing on that, how you still need to have a level of strategy going on in that lens. Like you can't just, Oh, I'm going to go build a landing page and spit it out. And it's doesn't at all link to what we're trying to achieve. Right. Okay. But what I'm, what, what we're, what we're seeing kind of broadly is, is people that have that how, Right, which I would say is that hyper growth, or maybe it's the higher end fintech or the higher end finance, or there's organizations that really have the how more or less buttoned down. Why are they coming to us? They're coming to us for execution on the how, and they like the fact that we can ladder up to their how and say, "Hey, did you know you might be able to? You, you might want to think about these two other things, right?" And oh yeah, I didn't really thought about that. But broadly speaking, the how is being dictated by them. They've got a really good sense yeah, of how they're going to drive, like, right? 
broad and narrow strategy. That's like for yeah. a, a more sophisticated advance that's got a lot going on. There's an existing strategy and it's sort of about, we just need to, you know, hammer a bunch of the to-dos here. The, the strategic focus is narrow because it's how do we really squeeze the most juice out of the lemon? Um, but that's important still, right? We're identifying these things could actually have significant impacts on um, lead gen and sales rev growth overall. I, I find though, when all those pieces aren't together already and we're at the beginning stages or earlier stages of strategy, it's a far more broad thing where, like Robin was saying earlier, it's who's the audience? What's the message? Is the actual value prop? Yeah, they don't have the how down at all. They, they, exactly. That's, that's the thing, right? So on the on that other end of the spectrum where where they've, they know the how, you know, Chris, Robin, you both said audience, they have the audience, they know they need to drive 2000 MQLs a month, they know that they can go get X, Y, and Z lead lists from here, there are five, six channels, however, they're going to go execute their strategy, they've built that how and and we are still, like your point narrow, we're in there and we're helping you know, refine it. And, and there's an element here and an element there. And we don't want to just be executing in a silo. So that's why they're picking Goose Digital because they're like, yeah, you guys can actually sit in a meeting for 45 minutes to an hour on something we're trying to achieve that's pretty deep, deep, you know, in the, in the strategy and help us tweak it and, and then go execute. I think they want us to be responsive and they have their own needs around execution that are unique. But then on the other end of the spectrum, and maybe Robin, you can help because you do a lot of the strategic roadmaps. That's really where we're being asked to build the how. And, and it does touch on value prop and they don't understand how big their audience may be on the digital landscape. They, they're not aware that there's, wow, there's 117,000 people in your target audience on LinkedIn. Did you know that? No, we had no clue that's great. You know, they've never tested a message to your point, Chris. So now all of a sudden they're leaning on an agency to be like, we're trying to grow. We don't know all these things. So Robin, why don't you touch on that? Cause that's, that's another big area that I think, you know, we haven't addressed yet. Yeah. And I think um, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the right word for it. If it's um, it's, it's like a strategic planning process or a strategic planning framework. Uh, so having a, a way to sort of uh, identify all those different steps and then actually um, tackle them one by one. So if you think of a, a company that really doesn't know how to do all of this and, and they, they don't even, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So, so having this process of saying, well, the first thing you need to do is identify the audience, your channel, your message, uh, your goals, um, your KPIs, um, your reporting framework. So putting all of that sort of laying all that out and saying we need to address this step by step is enormously helpful. And I think we, you know, we hear that a lot when we're talking with that level of customers saying, they say, well, well, you guys have an idea. You've done this before. You know what we need to think about. You know what type of ideas. Um, and that's enormously valuable. So for that type of customer, being able to lay out this roadmap, because if you, you know, as even though they don't know what they don't know, they know there's a tremendous amount and that can be totally overwhelming. And a lot of instances, that's why companies don't end up moving forward. They think, oh, it's, it's just too much. We can't do it. We don't know what we're doing. So they kind of stand still, which, you know, isn't an answer. So I think that being able to come in and say, we have a, we have a, a, a process and a framework that we know works. And the fact that this process and framework 
while it might vary between verticals and might vary based on the size or sophistication of an organization, that framework is still there. And the fact that we have the experience and expertise to be able to guide them along uh, provides enormous amount of value. And that, that's something that, that an agency, especially an agency that works with clients from all these different walks of life, that they can bring to the table. I think a lot of clients are looking for that. Yeah. I like a, oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. I was going to say the the, the uh, uh, digital maturity scale that's uh, that we've developed that sort of uh, places a organization, regardless of their vertical, um, you know, regardless of the even the the size of their organization, um, they may lay in that uh, in that sort of digital maturity scale uh, at the high range or at the low range. But what they they're realizing is that whether the plan that they had in place before was not getting them that sort of the result that they were looking for, where is it that, that we can bring value? That is the variable. So where we bring value, strategy plus tactical execution, in some cases, we're dealing with organizations that have a lot of that mature digital maturity already there. They've got you know substantial um, sort of uh, run rate in engagement, and so we can help on the tactical side more so with that sort of sprinkling in the you know you know uh, sanity check on the strategy. Absolutely, but you know uh, in the in the case where an organization is more on the analog side, less sort of digitally uh, mature, we're able to bring that, you know, right front to back. So we start with those marketing fundamentals. Are those personas in place? Is the audience identified segmented? Uh, what's the data like? There's one that we haven't talked about very much, that data piece, which um, is so critical in sort of understanding what is like, how much gold is is sort of in the data, like as we're as we're speaking right now. So much effort and uh, sort of focus is always on new, you know, new lead generation. When a lot of organizations don't realize what they have, you know, sitting in their data right now. So, um, so yeah, having a fresh look, fresh look at uh, the overall strategy is a great place to start. Where we or an agency can plug in and sort of help out depends on you know so many factors. Chris, I'm laughing. It's so true, right? Like, I mean, we're we're always so focused on like the priorities always what can we close today? What's the most likely mm -hmm. to close? But you're so right. Like, um, and I've said this on this podcast and a lot of our clients listening will say, uh, I, I've heard this from Kevin is this idea of not all leads close at the same time. You might know and have the telemetry to say, yeah, on average, we close a, a brand new lead in four months, but we don't know when that four months starts in that sales process. And so you're right, we go launch a new campaign this week, we see what we have and we identify fast movers, but there could very well be other leads in that program that were generated that just haven't really begun a process yet for, for whatever reason, right? And I think that's the difference in my mind between a good marketing campaign and a great one is the ability to pull through um, non-immediate opportunities because you've brought in a great lead, you've been able to nurture them accordingly and then identify when their interest peaks to develop that process and then go through your standard sales process and exercise to hopefully close the deal. You know, there's still a large base of, of, uh, of organizations out there that are not using 
digital mediums to drive any kind of a growth strategy for their business, right? So there, mm-hmm. you, we know that because we're, we're in those deals too. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's going to be tons. And I think a lot of those organizations are still thinking through, well, you know, what's the right way to do that? And they are worried about going and hiring a big team and bringing a, a full-time strategist in and a v, you know, VP to lead the organization, all that kind of stuff. So I think having a, an agency where you can kind of wrap a lot of strategy around that tactical execution to your point, Chris, gives them the opportunity to start moving into this without, without betting the farm on it all. But I think a big part of what we're seeing, and I just wanted to touch on your, on your roadmap process, Rob, Robin, is these digital beginners that have spent money and they've, and they've given their, you know, they've got a person or two and they've allowed ads to run and they've fired on cylinders all over the place, but it hasn't been under a strategy. It's just been, well, we hired a, a couple people and we've spent and we can now look at their, their AdWords account and their LinkedIn account and their automation system and see, okay, yeah, you've, you know, you've tried a bunch of things, but it's not within that, within that overarching strategy that you, point, you, you, uh, you mentioned earlier. So being able to pull all that together and then say to an organization like that, here's how you, what was the word, Kev? Synergize. You know, synergistic, synergize, synergistic, synergistic yeah. programs where, you know, now you're able to, to explain to the leadership, well, all of these things work together under that, you know, audience and persona and, and, and content and campaign sort of framework. And now we can better help you understand uh, the, 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 the progress that you're making within these areas. I just thought, I thought I'd call that out because I think there's probably an equal number of companies that are in that digital beginner ca- category that would, at, you know, off the cuff hearing this be like, well, no, we do a bunch of, you know, we do digital, we're doing things and it doesn't really do a lot for us or it doesn't really, yeah, they ask for money and we do, but you know, we've given them a budget and whatever, but it's not a, it's not a growth driver for our business. Right. Yeah. And you know, for those companies, two questions I would suggest they ask themselves is first of all, that one-off campaign you did, how does that fit into your strategy? If you can't answer that question, there's a big gap. The second point I would say is, okay, you did that one-off strategy. What were you measuring? What were the KPIs that you were collecting? And what did you- Revenue. Revenue. Deals exactly. closed. Deals closed. So, you know, we, we, uh, we invested in this, uh, this Facebook campaign and you know what? Uh, we didn't close any deals. Well, how many leads did you drive? Where did those leads drop off? What, you know, where, what were the sources? What was the type of product or service they were looking for? These are all important things that even if it, they did not result in a closed deal, if you had been tracking all those things, that would have been an incredible amount of information. You would have learned something and that would have helped you move to the next step. So if you're not able to answer those questions, there's a gap, there's something mm-hmm. missing. And uh, you, you need to figure out how to fill in those, those blanks uh, before you go ahead and try something else again. Because otherwise, it's going to be a lot of effort mm-hmm. without any kind of uh, reward. Or even, Robin, an idea of like, for those of the leads that you generated that haven't closed yet, how many of them are still engaging with your marketing three months later, six Absolutely. months later? And then sort of piggybacking off that thought is, if you go back and look at a full year's worth of sales, you say, can you identify and attribute which primary campaign they came from? How many of those sales 
were from very, very recent campaigns versus, oh yeah, we generated that lead, you know, two years ago and they were just kicking around. Like we had, Chris, if you recall last calendar year, we had a, uh, an opportunity close. It was like an 800 day old opportunity, 800 days. And there was, there was like at least touch bases, what quarterly. So it wasn't like you just kind of sprung out of nowhere. Like this was a actively managed op that took 800 some days to close. Like that's, that's a little bit extreme. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, is like, it took time and, and time always kind of shifts around for these organizations. But Chris, Chris made a good point on the last, on the, on a CRM podcast that we did, you know, and basically the point was, well, we tried Salesforce didn't work for us. And you know, the, the, the point was really likely your strategy wasn't well organized prior to entering into that type of technology project. And as a result, it didn't really do anything to your business. To your point, Robin, like what were you measuring? What was the strategic connection between what you were trying to do as a tactic back to your strategy? And I think I would say, I'd almost go on a, on a ledge and say like for the most part, it's going to be the same type of thing for digital marketing. Um, you know, if it hasn't worked for your business, it's likely that you haven't had the right strategy and, and worked through that painful process of attaching value prop messaging to enough test cases to actually see something develop. Right. And by the way, that's not a process that every agency likes to do. It's a whole lot easier to just go after customers that have that down and, and, you know, be an execution arm and, and, uh, and a good strong partner for them going through that hard piece of, of helping them through that process is something that we enjoy doing, but not, not every agency does, but I, you know, there's going to be some verticals that or some scenarios. And we were on one, you know, last week and Robin and Chris and I, where digital marketing is not really going to move the needle for that one particular arm of the business. It's a very, it's a very much a, uh, RFP. It's a, not a very large market and it's, it's, it's not something that you can, legitimately build a business case for and say, Hey, you know what, let's go and, and do demand gen in this piece. It's not going to practically speaking, it's really not going to do anything for them. Not even on an ancillary level as a decision-making level, seeing a bunch of digital media or content, not really going to add value, but I would say that's a one. I would say that that's probably the minority of scenarios that you see out there. So if you're sitting there being like, Oh, we tried LinkedIn or we tried Google or we tried Facebook, as you mentioned, Robin, or we, you know, we've done some things, you know, in the digital side of marketing, it just didn't do anything for us. It's probably because that strategy element wasn't nailed. Yeah, I agree with that. Does everybody agree with that? Or is that like a statement that I should retract? <laughs> I would say I agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Everybody agrees with that. Yeah. What well, we found so, <laughs> so many, so many occasions where, um, you know, where the strategy, even just the strategy session and Michael has, uh, has uh, referenced the, the uh, digital roadmap process that Robin heads up for us, the, the, even the process of going through that roadmap, uh, uh, that that roadmap workshop to to basically call out a whole bunch of things that from our standpoint are fundamental must-haves and organizations that we talk to are like oh that's a good idea oh that's a, that's that's a great idea for you know it's like it's not the first time this thing has been raised but the first time it's been raised in their boardroom first time that they've really sort of been able to, to, to connect the dots between um, activities and engagement and actually 
revenue. Um, and so when that sort of that light goes off and people realize sure. that, you know, it's not going to be just, you know, uh, like no, no sales rep doing cold calls in the eighties ever was able to make their number by doing five cold calls a day. It's like, there's a, an amount of sort of investment that needs to be made in order to sort of get the traction, get the recognition, get the engagement that you actually need in this day and age to kind of pull a, a, a customer over the finish line. Um, and it's a, it's a combination of that digital sort of awareness and just basically striking when the iron's hot. So though, if that's not sort of uh, clear, if that sort of, progression through that engagement process is not clear and, and understood, then it's going to be touch and go. Like you're not going to get your seven X guy. I think that's a good, a good place for us to, uh, to end the strategy conversation. We can always have another one. And, just begin and, it. Yeah. Just, just begin it. And, and be, the reason is, is because I loved the 1980s reference. I think we should clip that one cam because that is <laughs> And, and even start the podcast with some retro, like some not retro. exactly stranger, stranger things, but something along those lines. Can we do that? We should actually just do a podcast on what is a cold call because uh, that comes up, <laughs> comes up in boardrooms still. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not even joking. I think we should do that and we should do the retro and it should be close to stranger, stranger things, something like that vibe. Okay. To kick this one off. I'm in. All right. Well, thank you everyone. Um, you know, good luck on your 2020 strategy. All right. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Thanks for listening.